I'm what they call a watcher. We can see the future, even if that's not always as simple as it sounds. Tonight, with the jumbo jet crash, there are no reports of survivors. Others are called movers. Just an easy way of saying telekinetic. Much of the building collapsed after about two hours, leaving only a brick wall. Pushers put thoughts in your head and make whatever lie they come up with the truth. They had already begun to control my mind. That's President Pack. Sniffs, shifters, shadows, bleeders. It goes on and on. In Division's eyes, we're all just lab rats. We interrupt this program to bring you a special report. This is Cheap Seat Reviews. Hello, and thank you for listening to Cheap Seat Reviews, the podcast that explores the Hollywood film industry for the greater good. <laughs> the greater good. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> right on. This is episode 336, 336. That is my area code, which is weird, but there you go, 336. Actually, technically, it's it's yours, Andrew, not mine. I, I'm 704, but yes. my phone number is 336. Not that anyone cares. I just thought it was interesting. Tonight, we're doing Push. We're talking about the movie Push. I anticipate at least seven Push-related jokes or puns throughout the night. So I think that's the over-under. Well, push us to perform because then, you know... We'll have anxiety and won't be able to. I know. Then we'll have to. <laughs> before we before we push forward. There we go. Bye. We're already at two. This is great. <laughs> Haven't even finished the intro. I'm Sean Allred. I'm Sean, and this is uh, who is this? I'm Sean, and joining me tonight is Andrew. How do you like your fish, fried or exploded, Jimison? <laughs> I love some uh, explodium fish. Yeah. I'm gonna next time I'm at the uh, uh, Chinese restaurant. I'm gonna ask for explodium fish. Explodium. <laughs> the just, side of rice. Just, just hopefully you don't. It doesn't explode when you cut into it. Uh, there's there's no Sam tonight, and that's okay. Just a thing came up, and he couldn't make it. So um, not replacing him, but coming in also making her cheap seat reviews debut. Certainly not her podcast debut, but her cheap seat reviews debut is Kalia. Can predict the future through podcasting, Metcalf. For sure, it's such a labor of love that I do for you. Oh well, I mean, thank you for doing it. You're welcome. Yeah. Yes, it's... and that's push number three right there. Come on, push yeah. them out. Push them out. <laughs> way out. Okay, sorry. I gotta get them all out of the way at the top, and then I can concentrate on other things later. No, that's fine. I hey, whatever we got to do to get through it, I'm all I'm I'm all for it. Uh, yeah, my gosh, this is the movie Push, and I am super excited to talk about it because this is one of those movies that I don't know why I just I, I saw it a hundred years ago when it came out, and I just kind of fell in love with it. Uh, back in I guess 09, this came out. This is the same year as um, Star Trek, the, the, the new one, the, 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 the reboot, JJ Abrams' Star Trek. So it just feels like, oh, really? Yeah, it's the same year. Oh. <laughs> 
okay. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. certainly. It does feel like a hundred years ago for sure. Yeah, it does feel like. Yeah. Ago. This is one year. How about this is a year after Iron Man? Is that better? Here we go. It's two mm. years after the television show Heroes, which was related in content. Oh. See, I know we'll talk about it, but all this is not helping the case for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> okay. In, in fact, I don't know if I can just, like, this is a fun little trivia thing that I saw that in some countries the movie was released under the title of Heroes because it translated better, and people went to the theater very confused because it was about psychics, and there was this TV show called Heroes, but this movie is totally not with the characters from the TV show Heroes. Yeah. So people were people were disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all wrong. Okay, so this movie, <laughs> 2009's Push, uh, directed by Paul Mc, McGuinan. McGuinan, I guess? Gwen, Gu, I don't know how to pronounce it. Paul. We're just going to call him Paul. Um, he's directed many things, many, many things, but he's mostly known for, well, maybe not known for, he's a TV guy. So when you say many things, you mean small things. Well, I mean, so he did the film Lucky Number Slevin, which we did for the podcast. And That's before my time. That, was it really? <laughs> it's quite possibly. I, I've slept since then. That's true. I don't know. I thought I thought that was within the last 233 episodes, 36 episodes, but I can't remember. Uh, he did this, but he also did four episodes of the TV series Sherlock with Benedict, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. Or, well, that was okay. Well, yeah. So the one that he did that this that reminds me of this movie is the Hounds of the, uh, the Hounds of Baskerville, where he does a lot of that flash cutting and kind of shaky cam, weird noise kind of thing. It, it very it feels very similar to that. And uh, he also did Victor Frankenstein, which we've not seen for this movie for this podcast, but we should. That's that's who's in one. that one. Um, Harry Potter think- and Professor X. Okay, so I haven't seen that one. Never mind. Uh, he also did. A I couple... saw some really bad one with uh, what's that guy's name that was Two Face in in the dark. Yeah, thing? we we did that for the podcast. That's why I've I, seen it. Yeah, I Frankenstein. <laughs> I Frankenstein. Yeah. yeah, we did that. Yeah, um, that was bad. Okay. It it was terrible and and fun at the same time. But Sorry, most... I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just no, you're fine. It's your job to interrupt me. I think. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, anyway, so gosh, yeah, this 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 movie. I'm looking forward to talking about it. We of course um, have our five word reviews, which we'll get to in just a second. But had either one of you seen this before? I forced it onto you. I had seen this. Uh, I guess when it first came out, or maybe shortly after. I don't think I went to the theater to see it because um, I think I would have. Well, I don't know. I, I remember liking it when I first saw it, but. We'll talk about how time has changed things in just a little while. <laughs> okay. I am pretty sure I saw the preview in the movie theater and then didn't see it in the movie theater. I had not actually seen it. But when you sent me, you sent me a list of possible ones. And I watched previews for all of the ones that you sent me. And this preview, I was like, this is vaguely familiar. So that's why I picked it. But, oh, so this yeah, was, so. This was uh, I, I forgot that we did that. Honestly, <laughs> I forgot. So great. <laughs> Uh, so I don't feel quite as bad then. I don't feel like I uh, 
made you watch this movie. Of course, I guess I technically did. Um, okay, well, uh, Andrew, I'll go ahead and let you do your five-word review, and we'll just jump in from there. Well, I hope this doesn't push anyone's buttons, but... Uh, I think four? Here, come, yeah. here it comes. Okay. I have two. Certainly, uh, well, sorry, how did I word this? I didn't write it down tonight. I always do, and I didn't tonight. Uh, I certainly misremembered this, I think was what I said. <laughs> okay. um, and then, uh, uh, I forget what the other one was. I wrote down two in my mind, and I've only remembered one. <laughs> but, <laughs> but, like I said, I had a big test today, and my brain is fried. So, um, yeah, this is not the movie that I wanted to see. And quite frankly, you know the movie Jumper, which I think came out around the same time? Yeah. I, in the back of my mind, I, I think I just merged those two films together, and I really liked Jumper. Yeah. And this one was not Jumper. <laughs> so I was there was a little disappointment when it came to that. But on the other side, there's just some things about this movie I don't like. I, Dakota Fanning... She was a cute kid um, when she was tiny. And she's still a cute person, I guess, but I don't know that she was such a great actress in this one. Like, some of her lines felt really dry and kind of forced. Uh, I'm trying to think of the one specifically. Uh, I don't remember. There was one, though, that I almost rolled my eyes out loud because it was, it was really bad. Um, and... I just I was bored, you know. And you know my you know my uh, my quantifier or qualifier, I guess you would say. Yeah. If the movie keeps me interested, then I think it's it has good features, and I, you know I like it. I think it's a good film. This one, I just it didn't keep my interest. So that's kind of where I am with it. We'll we'll dive more into it as we push forward. <laughs> Oh, it's great when they seem when they seem organic. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. It's, I so I I you you said that I think both of you said that you had not or Andrew you said you had seen it before you just don't remember it and Kayla you said you had not and I I do remember seeing it. I didn't see it in the theater but this was one of those where it was in I don't know it it came out. There was like a rash of movies. You're right. Like Jumper was very similar. And I like Jumper too with Hayden Christensen. I thought he was a much better actor in that movie than any of the Star Wars stuff he was in. Absolutely. And, Agree. Um, which is weird, but whatever. Um, and I don't know, like like this came out and then like like Stardust came out and um, uh, this is a few years after, you know, like... I don't know. I for this movie kind of like lives in a in a in a box of like these kind of same kind of you know medium budget but with a big name but didn't get a lot of theater recognition but it's kind of good. Like there's a bunch of movies that are all kind of in that same box and this this kind of fits neatly in there for me. And um I I think I'm kind of with you a little bit Andrew on the misremembering because it's probably been you know, seven or eight, nine, ten years since I've seen this movie. And yeah. I remember really, really liking it, thinking it was fun and clever and kitschy. And, um, <laughs> yeah. 
that's not what we got today. Well, so Kaylee, you, you may or may not, I know you said you've listened to an episode or two. I, so Andrew has one of his kind of little, little rules is that if the movie keeps his attention, then he likes it. And whether that's, whether the movie is good or bad might be irrelevant. If it keeps his attention, then he's enjoying himself. For me. Hey, that, that works. Yeah. I mean, it's entertainment, well, right? That's the whole point of movies is to entertain us. Right. So if it's not doing its job, then even if it's technically proficient or important, if it's not entertaining, then who cares? I'm with you. I yeah, support I, this rule. I mean, I've seen movies that I think are bad movies. Well, no, let me, let me rephrase. I've seen movies that I don't like that I think are good movies. You know, they're made well. There's nothing technically wrong with them. I just don't enjoy them. Yes. And they, because they've kept my attention. But then there are movies like this one that don't keep my attention. And then there are also some issues that I don't think it was very made very well. So I, It kept my attention in that I, I didn't fall asleep, which is, is, a, is a bar that I set for myself <laughs> because I tend to watch movies at night. Um, and I fell asleep during a lot of movies in my earlier years of life. So I, I, I stayed awake through this whole movie. But I think if I wasn't watching it for this podcast, I might have uh, spent some time on my phone while watching this movie, if that makes sense. You yeah, know, I have a lovely little block game that I like to play when I'm tuning things out that I might have, I might have, yeah, encountered. I might have listened more than watched if I wasn't trying to prepare for this conversation. But I have some five word reviews. Can I please? Share mine? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I had more than two I had well I had five but two of them are just dumb so I'm gonna pretend like I didn't write them down but well, the, um, the the you don't know our show we we strive for the dumb ones <laughs> okay well then I'm just gonna read them <laughs> yeah it's fine so enjoy this yeah okay so the first one is it all started with Nazis which really could be so many movies but yeah, that's, I mean it was almost a cliche of this movie too but okay um I wrote 90s movie made too late because to me it felt like it belonged in a different decade. Yes. It had a feel. It felt like a 90s movie mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah, okay. Um, but then my my real reviews here are the just don't think too hard. Yeah. Um, campy art house kung fu with psychics. And my favorite review that I came up with was screams, flings, and inception-like things. Nice. It even rhymes. That's <laughs> great. That's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, it's. That was actually the first one I said that while we were watching it to my husband, and he laughed, and then I was like, "Gotta write that down." <laughs> and then later on, I was like, "Well, maybe I should come up with something that's a little bit, you know, more I don't know, better." So no, but those screams, flings, and inception-like things. That is literally what this movie was to me. That's <laughs> amazing. Of, all of that. That's yeah, so she's great. Really- She's really pushing the envelope with, yeah. uh, with those reviews. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm writing all that down because if, if it was shorter, I would find a way to make it to be the, the name of the podcast. But uh, I'm, that's great. Um, yeah, mine's not nearly as clever as that, uh, but I, I, I appreciate it. Yeah, you're not wrong, though. I, hadn't, I, didn't, I couldn't quite put my thumb on the vibe until you said it was made too late. This does feel like it came mm-hmm. out about five minutes after the matrix. Yes. Yeah. And I got a fight club vibe too. Right. Like, I mean, I don't know. There was a lot of other 
stuff in the nineties that were going on, but this definitely mm. felt, yeah, it felt, yeah. it felt like it had already aged. And I know I'm watching it, but a lot of years, I'm not going to do the math. Well, 13 years after it was made, but it, it felt older than that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes back to, you know, what we were talking about <laughs> earlier that the, thinking about the other films that came out around the same time. And this one, it really does feel like it was made in an earlier decade. You know, it just, I don't know what it is about the film, but it's, I don't know. What was the, there was one that you said that was made at the same time that really blew my mind. Well, um, Oh, the Star Trek. Yeah. Star Trek. So, oh. so Star Trek, I mean, if I know you can't compare apples and, and robot parts, but we, <laughs> Robot parts made by Apple? Exactly. These two two films, they're like in different leagues, right? Well, I mean, they are. I mean, you know, Star Trek was a $150 million budget movie. This was 38. Yeah. You know, so I mean... (laughs) But but we've seen seen low-budget films that are really good. We have, um, but usually low-budget films that are really good aren't trying to do some of the action stuff that these this is doing. I mean, if you if you keep it I don't have a list and I'm not going to create one, but if we made a list of the movies that are about 40 million dollars budget movies that we've seen for this podcast specifically that are action movies. I, I would personally rank this towards the top of those movies because we've seen we've seen a lot of shit films that are in that 40 million dollar range like Kill Command or um, I don't know. I can't think of you off the top of my head uh, as I you know, scroll back through the list. But I mean, you know, like, like Old Guard. Yeah. Okay. I knew. I knew it. District Nine came out the same year as this. Yeah. Mm. That to me says a lot because does that make sense? Like it was a a different kind of take on the sci-fi world, but it was. I liked District 9, but it was so different. Yeah. And to compare, to have this and that in the same year is, is, is pretty telling, I think. It is. Mm-hmm. You're, you're right, yeah. And District 9 is, um, it's the same budget. It's a $30 million mm-hmm. budget movie. Um, mm-hmm. And that's all shot hand, you know, on the shoulder. I mean, honestly, there's not much CGI happening. Um and you know the the of course the big difference is is you got a much better writer and you got a much better direct uh, director. That's not a word. Director. That's a word. <laughs> well, it's in the Jurassic area that was a director. The director. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the director. Thesaurus. Anyway. <laughs> um. But yeah, I mean that director has went on to direct Chappie and Elysium and. Um. Well, mostly he's done shorts since then. He's only actually those are only his three feature length films: District Nine, Elysium, mm-hmm. and Chappie. Weird. Go back and do more stuff, guy. Anyway. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, you're not wrong in that. In that, this movie does is not nearly as good as as District Nine, with the same budget. So I mean, I'm. Mm-hmm. I, I do almost feel like I'm going to have to be the one defending this movie, which I don't really want to <laughs> because because it's not great. I but personally, I still had fun with it. Um, I had fun oh. as long as I wasn't thinking about it. 
Sure. You could just like let it wash over you and you're like, oh, interesting visuals and okay, psychics and oh, I'm just going to like go along with the ride and like nod and smile and oh, what are we doing now? Okay, cool. Like that, that it works on that level. I, this is like a popcorn flick, right? And I wouldn't yeah. call it big, dumb fun, but a lot, I mean, there's a lot of movies that are big, dumb fun. And sometimes that's yeah. just what you want is big, dumb fun. This isn't quite big enough or dumb enough or fun enough to be big, dumb fun for me, but it was fine. And, you know, yeah. I think in some ways this movie had a hard time finding out what it was. You know, I, I mean, if it's, if it's an action film, I mean, there's action, but it's not the kind of action that I think of when I think of an action film. There, it, it's more suspense, I guess you could say, with a little bit of... It's well, in fairness, yeah, the director has even even stated in something that I read that this is not meant to be an action film. This is not meant to be a comic book superhero film. This is supposed to be kind of a suspense and then you add the wrinkle of the the powered beings with a little bit of a fighting. Like that's it's more of the suspense thing than than the action flick. Yeah. It's like an espionage film. But it keeps being like everything that I read was like superhero film. Push, push was a superhero film, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I guess I'm defining the word superhero differently than you guys because, or not you guys, but like people on the internet webs, because it didn't feel like a superhero film and it, it didn't really feel like an action film. It just had lots of action in it for a spy espionage. Like, you know, the government is bad and also there's magic, I mean, psychics. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a little bit like born identity but with magic or with superpowers a little bit. Mm-hmm. A little bit. You know, government's trying to get you kind of a thing, shaky cam. Um, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just born. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, we like the born identity movies cuz it's a good movie, but it's it's a simple movie. There's nothing complicated about that. He has to fight three right. bad guys. He has he has to fight sub boss and then sub boss and then sub boss and then the final boss is Chris Cooper. Who gets shot in the street? <laughs> well, I think there's something to be said when the when you have a simple story that's told well, mm-hmm. and I mean this is a simple story in essence, really. That's not told all that well. Well, it's a simple opinion. story that they try to make complicated with the the the, the letters and the and the idea like you're having to yeah. outthink stuff. Uh, so, um, yeah. And and for being a simple story, I sorry, but I did end up with questions at the end. I have a lot of questions, like a lot of times where I was like, is this movie lying to me or am I just missing something important? <laughs> and at the end, when I have a list of like unanswered questions that are frustratingly unanswered, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I'm, I'm going to do my five word here in just a second, but yeah, you're not wrong. Cause sometimes there are movies that, that will leave questions that you're, you're good with because it's like, Oh, okay. Now I get to use my imagination to figure out what's going to happen. Like Inception is the perfect example, right? Does the top fall or not? Um, or mm-hmm. any other number of movies that I can think of right now, I can't think of right now that that leave that 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 leave you questions and that you're good with. I mean, there are a lot of times though we get we get to a movie and we're like, what? I'm confused. Um, and I think that happened recently, Andrew. I'm, I'm trying to. I can't think of what it was recently, but I remember we were all just asking questions to ourselves because obviously we didn't have the answers. Um, I don't remember what that was off the top of my head, but it was... I don't either. Um, well, Wonder Woman 84 left a lot of asking, asking a lot of questions. 
I think it might have been Wonder Woman 84, or even The Killing Joke left a couple questions. But anyway, so my five word is, push it to us. is I'm going to push it real good. So <laughs> not so superheroes, and then in parentheses, my last word was screams. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. As a writer, coming up with these superpowers, right? And I probably get some inspiration from comics and from other things. And I know that there's been like, well, what is it? Uh, Black Bolt, right? Who uses a voice to destroy whatever he needs mm. or to fight villains. But I wanted to punch these screaming guys just. <laughs> Right in the tooth. Like, I just, it was annoying. Yeah. It's really annoying. I I will admit, I'm I'm curious as to how some people discovered their powers. You know, like, (laughs) so like, you know. You're three years old, you're throwing a fit, telling the cat explodes. Oh, okay. You're a screamer. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like. Yeah, you know, I get the precog, right? She goes, oh, dad's coming home with chicken today. How do you know that? I just saw it and I had to draw it. So we, okay, that makes sense, right? And then one guy, you know, he's reaching for his bottle of Coke and it comes to him. And he goes, oh, I'm I'm this thing, right? I can do telekinesis. But you're not wrong. <laughs> Did somebody just get stub their toe and scream? <laughs> the fish all explode, you know? Like, oh, he's, he's a... He's... Or, or the sniffers. Think of that. Somebody's just like... You know, how, because we don't normally just pick up random stuff and, I mean, I don't just pick up random stuff and smell oh. it. Maybe no, that's a judgment, but I'm making yeah. it. Okay. <laughs> that's how I work IT. I just pick up a floppy disk yeah. and smell it. Oh, okay. This has, oh. this has three gigs left places. of space. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I... That's how I pick movies for the podcast. I just smell the DVDs that I have. Ah, uh, yes. This week I'm in the mood for. Blade to this is this is a true story. I remember being in fourth grade and we read the book Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and I remember smelling the book and telling the whole class, "Everyone, smell your books. They smell like chocolate." <laughs> and really, it was just musty old books. Right? Yeah. But everybody thought after I said that that it smelled like chocolate. You should have said it smells like schnozberry. <laughs> well, at the time, I didn't know what schnozberries was. Yeah. But yeah. Mm, you pushed that thought right into their head. So see, maybe you're a pusher, right? And a book sniffer. Yeah. And a book sniffer. I just I don't like... all hail the mighty book sniffers. <laughs> book sniffer. Book sniffer. Book sniffer. Uh, I don't like the idea though that the... so the movie's called Push, right? But it it doesn't feel like most of the movie is about people that do push things. But maybe it is. I don't know. But I just I don't like that word for what they're doing. It has a drug connotation that is interesting, right? Mm-hmm. And also, so like the pushers aren't drug pushers, which is what we typically think of when we when we hear the word pusher. Um, yeah, it was it was interesting that that was what the the and it, to me that felt like 
you know how sometimes movies and books do have a title that is supposed to give you the adrenaline rush of whatever it is. It's kind of like how titles try to be automyopia. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to be buzzed. We're going to be this thing so that you already have the feeling before you even start it. And to me, that's what push felt. It was that, that kind of idea. I'm trying to think now. I'm, my brain's making a connection here. There was a movie Help me out. It had Jason Statham in it, and he couldn't relax because then he would die. So he had to his heart rate up. Yeah. Crank. Okay, that was the same thing. Like you have this this one word, and it gives you all these images and like almost an adrenaline feeling before you even know anything else about it. And so that was why I figured it was called Push, even though it was mainly about a, a mover. But I guess move wouldn't have <laughs> look as good up on the marquee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think when I saw this movie or saw the previews for this movie back when it first came out, I assumed before I went to the movie or before I rented it or whatever it was, that the movie was about a group of people with powers that all of them could push the same way. Like that's the only power that there was kind of like jumper, I guess, because in that movie they just all can jump. Right. Yeah. So I just, and maybe that's why I connected those two films, but, uh, to be fair, in the preview, it's it's all about like these people who have powers, and then what you see a lot is the telekinetic powers happening, and then it's called push. So I was like, oh, okay, there are a bunch of telekinetic people. Yeah, they, they, which but no, those push. are the movers. Like, yeah. yeah it, so there was already that disconnect. Yeah, and then of course the screamers, who, like you said, they were definitely they were like banshees, basically with the screaming. And I thought that the camera work was really interesting when they would scream and how it would zoom in real tight on them. It was a different type of method than the rest of the film, basically. And it, it looked kind of vaguely Kung Fu-esque. You know what I mean? It was like this very exaggerated yeah. thing. Yeah. Or comic it was, booky. It was a little yeah. anime. I think is word word I would use. Yeah. Anime. Yeah. anime. Thank you. That's I, better. I, I, That's it. When you said they... I didn't think about it until just now. I can't remember. Are they doing that effect where you push the camera in, but you zoom out so it kind of stretches the back? I don't remember. Did yeah. they do that? Yeah, it was slightly yeah. that way. Yeah, I I like that effect. Ow, I just did my arm. I like that effect a lot when movies do that. I think that's a cool cool effect when it's used well. And and that right. dude, I mean, and sparingly. The... I feel like it needs to be used sparingly for emphasis because that's what makes you feel brought in. When it happened, I think Hitchcock was the first person to use it, and then they used it to really great. You know, uh, in Jaws, they used it perfectly there too. Yeah. You have that feeling of it. But if you have it happen five times in a less than two hour movie, then you're kind of like, oh, this again. It's yeah. not, it doesn't make it as scary or as intense. Yeah, I remember specifically the, the first time I was aware of it was in Lord of the Rings in the Fellowship when the, the four hobbits fall down onto the road and, and Frodo realizes they're on a road. And it does mm-hmm. that push pull thing, and it makes the road stretch and kind of move. And then he screams, "Get off the road!" That's a. I remember thinking, "Hey, that that's a cool technique. That that, that weirds me out." So anyway, mm-hmm. um, so I'm gonna do a couple of things here to kind of talk about some of the stuff that I like, just so that this episode doesn't feel like we're doing nothing but just poo poo and the the thing. <laughs> so. Okay, hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna pause that. I'm actually gonna go to another thing that annoyed me. The shaky cam drove me a little crazy. I had forgotten how shaky cam this movie was, <laughs> mm-hmm. and I again, it's a really useful tool if used in in specific ways. And I feel like they were using the shaky cam when the one watcher when the watchers were getting their 
visions, right? To kind of offset so you knew, okay, that's a vision versus this is not a vision. And then I also know that they they shot a lot like guerrilla filming on yeah. the streets of Hong Kong. Yeah. So like that was also part of it. And uh, yeah, that's weird, but okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't particularly like it either. Yeah, I, I, I knew the guerrilla style thing and there's a great piece of trivia which we'll get to about specifically the guerrilla style shooting and... Um, and those, for those that don't know what that means, that means literally like it's a super small crew. You just camera, camera guy, maybe a sound guy, maybe one like dude with a, like a light and then your actors and director and you just go places and record. And typically if you're doing gorilla, you're doing it kind of illegally. Like you don't, you're doing it because you don't really have permission or you don't have the ability to close down a street to, to do a thing. Mm-hmm. That's what it means. Right. Um, the handful of times on the movies that I worked on, we did guerrilla style was because we didn't have permission. You know, like we were sh- we were shooting a scene where a guy was saying goodbye to his dead parents, but we didn't have permission to film at a at the cemetery. So we literally ran onto a cemetery and filmed. And you know, we never showed the face or any of the front of the, of the tombstone because we didn't have a budget to create a tombstone. So it was always just the back of the tombstone looking up at him as he's crying over his dead parents. So, anyway. Well, I was a film studies major briefly, and we made a student film, and it was the same thing. Every single thing that we did, we we filmed in front of, like, the hospital and the library and, like, in the dorms at Santa Clara University and all of these random places that we, we couldn't. And we would have to uh, – we had walkie-talkies so that when the security guards would show up, we would scatter and then meet at the cars <laughs> two yeah. blocks away <laughs> so you wouldn't get arrested. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah, we um not to go too much of a tangent down there on the TV show I did in Charleston, we got kicked out of an apartment complex because we started our production day at seven AM. Well, we're a, we're not a big crew, but we're still a crew of about twenty five. We're loud. So at about nine thirty, police showed up and said, You guys, you can't be here. You don't have a permit, you gotta go. And so we just went to a different apartment complex that the production was renting. It was actually my apartment. So in the scene in the TV show, the actor wakes up, goes into the living room or to the, bre- to the kitchen to make breakfast, and it's in one apartment. And then there's a knock at the door, and he goes to answer the door, and it's my apartment. And then they go back inside to have the conversation, and it's the original apartment. And then when he leaves, it's back in my apartment. And, wow. I mean, and it's obvious. like The walls are white in one room and yellow in the other, and the furniture is different. <laughs> like I mean, it was totally different. It was great. Um, but whatever, you know, anyway. So Sean, before we hop on the, uh, well, before you hop on the saving this movie train, yeah, I've got one more big poop throw at us. Yeah. And maybe it's because of the time and I'm more aware of it than I used to be. Certainly back in 2009, I felt like this movie is yet another whitewashed movie set in Hong Kong and the majority of, I mean, there are some actors in the film that have speaking roles and and main roles that are Asian, but for the most part, I mean, this entire story is about a a group of white people in Hong Kong, right? And I just, that kind of took me out this time. I don't know if it's a huge deal, but you're in, you're in Hong Kong. So I feel like we would have interacted more with some of, you know, some local people than we did. I don't know. I, I think that the 
that could have been saved if they had made it look futuristic a little bit more to, to maybe be more of like, this isn't modern day Hong Kong or modern day people, whatever. Because I know the director wanted to have this idea of this is like Casablanca where everybody went to Havana and that was like a safe place for people. And so Hong Kong is the safe place for all the psychics, et cetera. They're all in hiding there. But I don't feel like that was really shown. It didn't seem like that was why they were there. It just seemed like that's where they happened to be. So I feel like yeah. it, there's something either got edited out or maybe they didn't think that they needed to show us. But like, why was it in Hong Kong? I don't think was was clear. And I think that could have so saved it. But I we needed, too. We needed San Francisco. Yeah. Was that, is that what it was? Yeah. From, from Big, Big Hero 6. 6 yeah. Big Hero 6. Yeah. yeah. That would have helped. Uh, to, just to put a pin on this one, you know, it, it's not whitewashing in that it's not like this is based off of a... Uh, well, a TV yeah, show but, or a yeah. movie that was Chinese originally, and we right. hired a bunch of white actors to play Chinese parts. Um, this this I say is whitewash. Not, maybe that was the wrong term. But, I, well, you're fine. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. No this this movie is this was an original idea. This was a dude that the director got the idea basically because he read a bunch of these, um, these these un you know these declassified documents about what the Nazis were doing. I mean that opening line where the Nazis were trying to do things that's based on actual stuff. And so he decided to take, well, what would happen if we were a generation after the success of that? And that's why, mm -hmm. that's why we're in this time and, and whatever. But yeah, Kaylee, I think, is right with, with the reason why it's in Hong Kong is because it's just an easy place to hide, though it doesn't seem to be. It just seemed like people were constantly running into each other in the largest city in the, on the planet. They're just constantly yeah, running into and each other very confused about why anybody was there like we know that nick had gone a bunch of different places and now was there like they established that but i wasn't 100 percent clear on where kira had escaped from if she, you know and where cassie and her mom had been and when where cassie's mom had been taken from her and then did she get on a plane from somewhere and end up in hong kong or were they in hong kong to start with you know what i mean like i i didn't understand how the players got to where they were ahead of time and that was one of my questions about this movie it, it did make me feel I on. yeah the the ending made me feel like because they're on a private jet heading somewhere so it, and, it, and they're and he's and he's his the, the division he works for is the american one he, he does mm -hmm. even though he's very not american um yeah uh, digimon <laughs> hansu um but he uh you know being very not american but he worked for the american um division and i think they even made the argument that like you don't want to pick with you don't want to pick a fight with the american government and that the the chinese crime boss was like well we're the government around here so you know deal with it yeah um so anyway i don't know um so some of the things that i did like one i thought chris evans was actually really good in this movie and i like chris evans and i'm super biased and i think he's good in kind of everything that he's in and and I thought he did actually really well acting off of Dakota Fanning, who I thought was kind of kind of poopy. Just, just blah. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Back up. Hold up. Pause just a moment here. Yeah. Uh, you thought Chris Evans was good in Fantastic Four? I, it's a bad two movies, but he's fine in them. Is he, though? Yeah. I, <laughs> I mean, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's been 10 years since I've seen him. <laughs> Okay. I, mean, I don't know. I mean, okay, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe he figured out how to act after those movies. Maybe he went back and watched those and said, maybe I should do the opposite of that, and I'll be 
a very successful person in my own. He was, yeah. He was okay, but he wasn't special. He was just kind of there. He was like a cardboard person who just, well, yeah, I, I didn't get much off of him and you didn't get much off of Dakota. Uh, I mean, he was cast because he's pretty and he's in in good shape, right? Because we didn't know who he was yet. He certainly was. We're we're still a year away from Captain America, or two years away from Captain America, and so all we knew him from was the two bad Fantastic Four movies. There might have been some other things. Snowpiercer hadn't happened yet, so yeah. Um, now that one, that was great. Yeah, and he acted his ass off in that movie. I thought he did great. Uh-huh. Um. So I'm trying to I'm I'm looking here. Let's see. What did we see him in before this? So before this, let's see. He did Sunshine. So this this I think I actually remember reading that Sunshine is what kind of led him to this. Mm-hmm. Um he did something called Street Kings, Battle for Terra, he was a voice. TMNT, the cartoon movie, I think that we did. He was the voice of Casey Jones. Um and then yeah. Fantastic Four, the two, the or I guess the Fantastic Four won. The year later, he would do uh, Scott Pilgrim. The next year, he would do Scott Pilgrim. So, I mean, you know, he's he's a pretty guy. I just I don't think he's he's not bad in this movie. I think he's no, he's one of the better yeah, spots. Is. I think personally, but again, you know, it's again, you're Kaylee. You're right. It's nothing special. But no one is special in this movie, honestly. Uh- well, <clears throat> one person is special in this movie. Oh? Yes. The, the goddess. The goddess what? I'm sorry? Oh, did I cut out? I'm yeah, so sorry. You're fine. Um, okay. <laughs> yes. The goddess. The goddess Ming-Na. And I want to make sure I'm saying her name right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love her so much. I am... Ah, okay. I don't know what happened to my notes. My notes went away. So... I just can't do anything about that. Well, while that. you look for your notes... Yeah, no, we... Ming-Na. Here it is. It yeah. is Ming-Na. So, mm-hmm. yes, the goddess Ming-Na. You know, um, I, again, I, th- I told you this before we started recording. ER is one of my favorite shows of all time. One of them. And she was on that. And she is on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And mm-hmm. The Mandalorian. And Mulan. And she's amazing. And I love her. And I she, she did not have enough to do in this because she only had a couple scenes. Yeah. But the scenes that she had were great. And she was great in them. So... There. Yes. Well, yeah. Again, I, you said it, and I want to make sure we people understand she is Mulan in the cartoon. Yeah. She uh, is the voice of Mulan. Yeah. So I want to make yeah. sure. So, which was great because as soon as she came on screen, my wife said, Hey, that's Mulan. Like she knows exactly. <laughs> what it is. So, yep. um, but yeah, yeah I, I, I did. I, I squealed a little bit when she showed up. I was like, Oh, hooray. More of her, please. Yeah. She's good. She is good. And you're right. She has very little to do. And that's, that's kind of a shame. I'd, Honestly, it would have been kind of cool to see her like actually like punch somebody. I would have kind of enjoyed that a little bit. Indeed. Uh, yes. Uh, I also think I think uh, uh, Digimon. I don't know how to pronounce his name, but J- Jamon. Maybe the D is silent, like Django. So it be would it be Jamon. Jamonji. Hanzu. I think he's pretty good, but I, I kind of like him in everything. He's always just kind of kind of good at everything you know he's in gladiator he's in guardians mm-hmm. one and captain marvel Captain Marvel. yeah i yeah, mean i've I never mean, really seen him in a big role i think this might be the most that i've 
seen him interact with people on screen. He was in Constantine too, also Constantine also. Um, but again, a smaller yeah. part. I the the, the little the side actors, the little bit parts, I thought were were interesting acting. Like I said, me not. I like Neil Jackson. I, I've I've enjoyed him. I like uh, Corey Stoll. You know, he was one of the agents. He was the bald agent who got killed from House of Cards and Ant Man. Mm-hmm. Like oh yeah, yeah. I like him you know? too. Um, the other agent is Scott Michael Campbell. He's been in a bunch of stuff, and most recently in Shameless. Like I I just like the the bit actors. I thought were were for good, and probably mm-hmm. because it was that however long ago. It's fun to see them then, and now kind of see where they are now. But, but yeah, Chris Evans was, he was just okay. Dakota was fine. And the girl who played Kira, I didn't even write her name down because I was so unimpressed. So yeah, Camilla Bell, who got first billing, top billing in this. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Cam- Camilla, Camilla Bell. She's known for Practical Magic and 10,000 B.C. <laughs> she was 10 or something in Practical Magic. So I don't think she's known for that. She just happened to have been a child actor in that movie with Sandra Bullock and Nicole Kidman. Well, when <laughs> like, you, you know. <laughs> uh, she was she's in, also known for her song. She's in Lost World, Jurassic Park. I don't know what. what oh, wow. I don't know who Kathy Bowman oh. is, but. Uh, I mean, you know, yeah, Practical Magic, yeah, she's, she was 11. She's literally cast as Sally at age 11. Um, but she was top billed. I don't, I don't know why. I'm trying to look and see what she did before this that would give her that, 10,000 BC, but she's in one of those dumb Nespresso commercials that George Clooney keeps, has been doing for 20 years. Um, but she's... I mean, what's she doing now? She's in the Mickey and the Roadster Racers show. She's uh, uh, Almanda Dequack. So, okay. yeah, I mean, I, 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 she was pretty. I was kind of it. Like, I, I didn't think she had. I don't think she was a very good actress. She's no, pretty. and and I, I didn't, I, I didn't really care for her acting. And then also, she, you know, was a little bit undermined because her character was so crappy crappily written i think i it felt like there was a lot of potential there that wasn't that wasn't utilized in what the character of kira could have or should have been she did things that were internally inconsistent with what she did other it was she was confusing it was a mess i I didn't she was she to me was probably the weakest link of the whole thing i'll take chris evans and dakota fanning over that every day of the week that's fair. Um, okay, a couple things, other things. Let's see. Watching her fix him uh, when he's all all bleeded out, and so then the fixer lady comes in to you know fix him. Um, I said that's like watching Stitch the back together. yeah, that's like watching the chiropractor adjust me. That's what it kind of feels like. Uh, let's see. the The power of pushers is kind of scary. Um, it, it it is a little scary what they can do. To mm-hmm. people, you know, I mean, just, just if you if you actually kind of think about it, like it, it is kind of terrifying. Oh yeah, it's terrifying. And I actually really liked the way that they showed that power. It, um, it, 
they, sometimes they told us things that we didn't need them to tell us. And sometimes they didn't tell us things that I wish they had. But I really liked the idea that you had to have eye contact in order to be able to push somebody. Mm -hmm. And they didn't tell us that, but we watched it happen. We saw mm -hmm. and so we understood. And then when somebody was talking at the end, when he, um, the, talking to Kira and he's telling her, oh, you know, this is a thing, blah, 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 blah. And she doesn't we're not seeing his eyes so we can't tell if he's pushing her or not when he's telling her that she's an agent and she's this and she's that i i just found that really compelling i thought it was interesting it was a good yeah it was a good twist so i mean kind of saw it coming but but i liked the the way that they showed the pushing the black eyes and the and the creepy ass of it yeah yeah Those shark eyes uh i did write <clears throat> the guy who can shift Right, who who can change the object, right? The shift doesn't last forever. So, you know, it's a temporary thing. So when he pulls out the blank piece of paper with 500 written on it and then turns it into a 500, I don't know what their currency is, note, and hands it to her, she's all excited. In about an hour, she's going to get pissed. And she's going to remember that that guy gave her a fake note. Uh -huh. Like, I... I, I, I I couldn't believe that he would would like he seems like these this super rich guy because it kind of made me feel like he's rich because he can just make money. He's literally a bank teller, and and so but it, it, I I feel like he would get found out pretty quickly. It seemed it seemed hard to believe that he would be allowed to stay at that club. For you know what I'm saying, I just you, am I thinking too hard? What, <laughs> you know what I wondered in that scene. Uh, when he pulled the out of his wallet and it said 500 written on the bill, mm -hmm. did it really have to have that written on there? Couldn't he have just had a piece of paper and uh, <laughs> he took the time to write 500 on a <laughs> on a piece of paper? Yeah, <laughs> I, I, well, that, I, so that he could just remember what he's going to turn it into later. You know, because in the moment you don't want to have to think about it. <laughs> I guess maybe that, or maybe. But, I don't. I don't and, know. Because like, I think your point is is well made about the inconsistency of the powers. We don't know how long they last. Sometimes it seems like it lasted a long time, and sometimes it didn't seem mm -hmm. like it lasted very long at all. It's the same kind of thing with like the shadow. There were limitations of the shadow. There were limitations with the moving of things, right? You know. But was there a limitation with the pushing? Like I. Okay. So this brings me to a thing. They, they show us how scary pushing is, and one of the ways that they show us that early on is they have somebody commit suicide, get pushed into committing suicide, which is horrible, right? You're like, oh my god, that's, I mean, that's a pretty epic thing that you can do to somebody uh, to make them commit suicide. At the same time, we know that there are agents out there, you know, who are older and who have done things, and this guy was useful, and they could push him, so they could make him forget that or make him... You know, it's basically like a mind control. So why would we need him to commit suicide then? What was the point of killing that character? And I thought maybe it's so that at the end, when we don't see the suicide, we, we see her push the guy to commit the suicide at the very, very end. It's that that's not so shocking, but that almost undermines it. I feel like if they hadn't had the guy commit suicide earlier and at the very end, Kira had made her quote unquote boss guy commit suicide, that would have been shocking 
and a really compelling ending, like, oh my gosh, this is really bad. But to have it happen so early, I think it undermined it. And it didn't make any sense about why you would get rid of one of your agents who you've trained, who has powers. Well, it, why, to, why get rid of that guy? To answer that question specifically, uh, one is that we have to remind the audience that he is a bad guy. And bad guys have the trope where they kill their own, their own people to prove that they're bad guys. So it's just a, True. it's just a trope, right? Because we see it all the time, you know, um, uh, you know, like Captain America when the Red Skull guy, and there's like this, there's one guy who's like, we fought to the last man. He goes, obviously not, and then kills him. I'm like, well, you could have used that guy, but no, you're gonna shoot. Right. Him. So uh, bad guys do it all the time in movies. It's it's dumb. Um, it's just to remind us that they're bad. So he failed well, at, at his job, and I guess maybe you know the boss man thought. You know, he even kind of jokes about it. And I I captured the clip where he kind of says, "I don't want you putting a gun in my face." And maybe he was maybe he was just eliminating a possible a possible threat to yeah. his own his own plans. So. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess the idea though, if you have the people out there who could put thoughts into your head, like you're fine until you see your boss the next time, and then you're going to want to kill him. Like that seems like a, a pretty useful thing to do, but then shouldn't pushers also be able to sense when other people have been pushed or maybe push back or have mental blocks so that, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I thought that was, I don't know, especially yeah. when that guy showed up and was, I keep calling him that guy. I can't remember his name in the, in the film. Um, when he shows up and he's talking to Cassie and she won't make eye contact with him because she doesn't want to get pushed, you know, and it was very clear and they have this this very tense conversation. That was actually one of the scariest parts of the movie yeah. was, you know, this guy who we know can make you commit suicide is now talking to Cassie and she's terrified and she doesn't want to look at him. That was that and her being drunk were the only two times that I really believed to go to Fanning. Well, and her part is so compelling because the line she says, we all can 100% relate to. And she says, please don't make me hurt myself. Yeah, mm-hmm. like that's that's something we can all understand is is pain, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it, it was it was very compelling and it was a very sincere moment and and it, it's a little terrifying. I mean, it just the problem with their their the pushers is that they're kind of op. Their only limitation is eye contact. All that guy needs to do is if he wants to just <laughs> watch the world burn, is to get a meeting with the president of the United States. I mean, I'm saying like, or, or a general or something, or find well, a secret it, service agent or something. I just, this, which is he would go, I feel, uh, like, I feel like that's why there, there should have been some acknowledgement that it was limited. Like you could push somebody, but it would only last for so long because even when Kira escaped from uh, Corey Stoll, who's the agent, she, she pushed him and then Afterwards, he's like, my mind is clear now. I got her out of my brain. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. there's this built-in that it doesn't last. It's not a forever thing. You're going to have to keep upping it, keep pushing them again to believe whatever you've told them. But I feel like it wasn't clear enough how it worked and how long it lasted. Yeah. So. It, I, I guess we're trying to make it a, make it kind of like the... Um, Maxwell the, Lord from Wonder Woman. No, no. I was thinking more of, like, one of the curses from Harry Potter. One of the unforgivable curses, not the Cruciatus curse, but the 
the mind control oh. curse, right? It does wear off. Yeah. Um, I can't remember which one that one is, but uh doesn't matter. But anyway, but I mean, like, even when he's in the car, he's he's explaining to him, like, I remember my brother. I remember growing up, like, he's reliving these memories from however long ago that was. So it, there's, if it does eventually wear what, off, it was... Res- is that what was happening? Because I, I thought what he was saying was he he felt like like it was so real like he felt like he had a brother but he doesn't really yeah yeah that's what i'm saying he's but he's saying i remember it felt so real i like i remember having you know growing up with him and getting into arguments or whatever he says like he's he's okay explaining that the memory was so real and so that's when he's when the other guy says you know don't shoot me in the face because of uh because i you know slept with your sister you don't have then he's like wait i don't have a sister because like now he doesn't know what is real anymore which is, you know, it's yeah. right. a funny line, but, you know, now poor guy, he's, he's so terrified he's got to go make a, uh, uh, an Ant-Man costume and then go fight with Thomas <laughs> the Tank Engine. A um, couple last little notes here before we, we get to other things, and that is, uh, oh, wait, I have to play this. I'm contractually obli- obligated to play. I got to find it. <laughs> We had a montage. Oh, it's been a while since we've had a good montage. We had the, the montage of the plan, figuring out the plan. And that very 1998, you know, club music that was happening. It just, that's what it reminded me of like I was watching Blade One or The Matrix was that music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the soundtrack was really interesting how it would kind of come up and then go out and then come up and, and, yeah. <laughs> specifically like earlier when Cassie was feeling sad and waiting somewhere and it was just a lot of shots of her with this music overlaid and I was like wow this, we could have just cut this whole scene okay. but yeah but the, the music definitely added something not sure if it was a good or a bad thing but it added it added Okay. Um, the last thing, uh, well, a couple last things I wrote is, uh, I'm sorry, but if that old lady had actually fired that pistol holding it the way she was, it would have broken her wrist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I noticed that too. Some of the dumb things I noticed. Um, falling body ex machina. Was that part of Chris Evans's plan is to have a body fall down so he can get out of the trunk? That was a good plan. Convenient, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, I, I love the uh, the ex machina. Whenever I can bring out an ex machina, I'm gonna bring it out. So, falling body ex machina. Uh, I also wrote he does like going akimbo. Um, you know, especially since we watched recently Harry Potter go guns akimbo, that was fun. And then the last note was, is this setting up a sequel? Was this set up for a sequel? Yeah, it It felt like it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It did. Or, or like, this was a very long pilot for a television show. Yeah, I could have seen that. What, what, how much did this bring in at the theater? Or Not a lot. Not a lot. It, it, it did not do great. It did, uh, like I said, it was a $38 million budget. I think it made like $50 million. Yeah, so I guess I saw that and said, nah, it's probably not worth yeah. a sequel. Plus, Chris Evans got involved with some better stuff and... And uh, got bit got busy doing that. Yeah, he did get a little busy with the other things, um, like Scott Pilgrim and like another good movie, other other good movies. Not saying Scott Pilgrim's not good because we all love that. 
Uh, and I'm wondering, I mean, it's not like it was a summer release where it was going up against, like it was going up against Star Trek. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was a February release. So. Well, I, the kind of movie you go see on Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> a perfect date movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're not wrong. All right. That's all the notes I have. Um, if you have any other notes before I do uh, Clippy Clips. I do. Yes. I, <laughs> okay. Because IMDb is a thing. Mm-hmm. I, there's, there's an aspect of IMDb that I find incredibly hilarious. And sometimes it's fine. And sometimes it's just amazing. And this is one of those amazing times. So in IMDb, you can sort things by plot keywords. I'm going to read you the top 20 plot keywords that are put into IMDb that come up with this movie. Are you ready? Yeah. Here we go. Ahem. Okay. Black eyed, non comic book superhero, short skirt, eye candy, mini skirt, mini skirt with boots, girl wearing mini skirt, mind control, forced suicide, psychokinesis, soy sauce, tiger, changing the future, predicting the future, seeing the future, secret government agency, future, Hong Kong, teenage girl, mini skirt. <laughs> so the mini skirt and the soy sauce kind of. <laughs> Those are two that mini skirt with boots. That's with, a very yeah. specific market right there. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> oh god! Wow. I was like, <sighs> but that's weird because okay. that kind of makes you think like they sexualize the girl in the mini skirt. They don't sexualize Dakota Fanning because no. she's thirteen. Not, yeah, well, almost thirteen, and like she's not sexualized except that she is wearing a mini skirt and a and boots, and I, I thought. I mean, I thought, why aren't you wearing jeans? That just seems like they would be way more practical for all this running around that you're doing, but sure. Um, but when she did get drunk and she passed out on the couch, like it, she was a little splayed and everything. And I was like worried for a minute that there would be something that there wasn't, thankfully. But yeah, it, it's, a, it's a weird thing that it what, what it was selling there. Yeah. But, well, she yeah. comes from a liberal or none. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to. Piss off any of our uh, our our, our, uh, <laughs> our uh, Amish listeners. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I do sometimes write down tropes. The tropes that I wrote down was hero has a, uh, and I use quotes gambling problem. Usually, it's just some kind of problem. In this case, it's a gambling problem. Uh, but it it was a problem at the beginning of the movie, but it was never a problem again. So. Okay, why? I feel like it wasn't a gambling problem as much as it was a he can't control his power problem because if he could control it, there would be no more problem. And I felt like he was constantly trying to control his power. And then apparently all he really needed was a quest and then he could control his powers in, in a much more substantiated sort of yeah, way. Yeah, he just needed to get shot at. I think if I'm right. learning to control my powers though, I'm I'm going to do it in a way that's not going to cost me a thousand bucks a pop. Yeah, or know? get beat up by a giant man. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's you using logic. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other trip I wrote down is you'll know when to do the thing. No, ah. So like, hey, when should I do the thing? Oh, you'll know. I need details. Yeah. You know, I, I don't do well with that. I remember in uh, we watched what the old guard, where they're like, wait mm-hmm. for the signal. It's like, what's the signal? You'll know what the signal is. And then like a church explodes. Oh, I guess that's the signal. You know, it's just. <sighs> anyway, um, and then bad guy uses his own power to accidentally kill himself. 
<laughs> they did that. Okay. Yep. Anything else, Kaylee, you got? Or are you ready for a clip or two? Um, if you got yeah, more, I, we can we can kind of intersperse it if the if the clip reminds you of the thing. Uh, no, go go ahead. All right. Uh, this is I labeled this one. I was not in a usually when I label my my clips, I give myself more context. Uh, I just did single words. I don't know why. I guess I was being minimalistic tonight. So this one is just called bead. Why is that olive out of the glass? It's not an olive. It's a bead. It's a bead. Yeah, it's a bead. It's a shimmery shimmer artifact. Oh, well, it looks like a pimento. If I was gonna draw a bead, I'd. It's a bead with a shimmer. What does the bead have to do with it? I just thought that was funny. Did that book she was drawing on had a lot of color, but I only ever saw it with one pencil. I said the same thing while we were watching. <laughs> Again, I feel like this is a missed opportunity because what if that hadn't been a book with paper? What if it had been like a pad or something and that she was like drawing and that's why it had all these cool colors and it looked like wet paint chalk, but it was literally like one thing. I thought that would be cool, but no. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. She didn't seem to have a lot of colors, but she definitely was colorful. It, yeah, for a 13-year-old, though, like, I'm no artist, but <laughs> my son is eight, my youngest, and he can, <laughs> maybe he's more talented than a 13-year-old Dakota Fanning, but... Uh... You think if they made this movie now, <laughs> she would have to carry an iPad and draw, oh, and yeah. then, like, they would make it as a thing, like, that she gets shot at and drops the iPad, and now... She has these visions, but she can't put them down on paper, so it becomes a, a, a problem. What a real power would have been was if she had an etch a sketch. And... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that would have improved this movie. Or, or oh. a magna doodle. Like she draws this super like detailed thing, but then Chris Evans bumps her and it shakes. <laughs> I love it. Uh, here we go. Sister. Is there anything else you might have put in your head? I'm only asking because I don't want to be shot in the face for screwing some made-up sister you don't really have. I don't have a sister? There you go. Yeah. Here's uh, a... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I just feel like that was his way of saying, look look how easy it is to, to mess with your head. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was scary. Yeah. Here's 11 seconds of, I think the worst exchange in the movie, personally. So, there you go. You, we can argue it, but I think this is the worst exchange in the movie. So, Pinky, your wife gave you that name? No, the Division did, sweetheart. Back in the day. I, I hate... First of all, I hate it that he calls her sweetheart. Agreed. You, you didn't hear that, Andrew? No. You didn't know. <laughs> Did you, are you guys hearing my clips? They're choppy, but I I recognize them. Oh, yeah, I didn't hear any of that one, but it's okay. I oh. trust you. Okay. Well, this is going to be weird. Maybe Discord <laughs> is not allowing me pushing audio to, through you to you guys. It is choppy, but yeah. This is the first night we use Discord, and now we're learning the limitations. It doesn't like playing clippy clips. It's like, ooh, that's copyrighted material. We're not going to let you use it. Well, this clip is titled, entitled Tomato. Tomato. 
tell him my family going to make his brain pop like a tomato. Any of that? Did you get any of that? Yeah, I got oh, all yeah. that. Okay, good. So, do tomatoes pop? Well, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I thought the same thing at first, and then I remembered that there are cherry tomatoes, like the little ones that you put in your mouth, and then you mm-hmm. punch with your back teeth, and then like the little spray goes flying out of your mouth and hits your sibling yeah, across the table, that's right? Fair. That's like a thing. So yeah. They'll also <laughs> pop if you put them in a, in a frying pan and, and, you know. That's fair. Fry. I just, it was a weird, I pop like a balloon. Balloons pop, you know, it just seems. But they're not as visceral. Think of a mess of a popped tomato. No, I get the imagery. It It just, it was a weird word at the moment. It just, I don't know. Um, Anyway. Yeah, a balloon is not as, it's like something about Mary, like, where did it go? Like, you know. (laughs) Yeah. The clip you missed, Andrew, I guess I should have re, re uh, addressed it. The clip that you missed was the the scene between Pinky and Kira, where she says, did you get your name Pinky from your wife? Oh, and yeah, he yeah. says, no, sweetheart. It was from Division. And then he holds up his CGI missing yeah. finger. Right. And I hated that because I, I, I hated it. How did you feel about some of the CGI in this movie? It didn't bother me. I thought it was fine. I like the low tech camera tricks that they did. It felt yeah, there were a few. Yeah, yeah. The director said specifically he wanted to keep it as physically realistic as he could, and not (laughs) do a lot of CGI. Now that's probably budgetary. He's making it kind of come across as being artsy, but I think it's budgetary effects simply. Um, Because really, the only CGI we really get is exploding fish and when the the telekinesis fight's happening, you get a little bit of like. Yeah, force things happening, which I thought was kind of cool. Uh, here's a little moment between Chris Evans and Dakota Fanning. Just tell me that I'm a crappy artist and that I'm wrong. You are a crappy artist, and you are wrong. Andrew tells me that every yeah. day. She is a crappy artist. <laughs> <laughs> She's 13. Come on, take an art class. You know, <laughs> I... <laughs> I kind of couldn't tell what her pictures were supposed to be half the time, but I wasn't sure if that was her being a crappy artist or me just not being able to tell what was on her little tiny thing when you would get it real quick. Because some of them, I was like, okay, I get what that is. But sometimes I was like, it's like an artistic impression of something. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was hard. The other gal, Pop Girl, I think was what she was billed as. Yeah. Um, with her pencil charcoal drawing, like those were a little clearer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's obviously older and probably uh, you know she's a, a better artist and she's been honing her craft. Yeah, well, when she's got an overbearing dad that will slap you in the face if you lose the connection because that's your you have control over that, then yeah, right. she she's probably if she's not you know watching something she's probably drawing. I mean that's probably all she's allowed to do other than you know have lo- lollipops. Um, soy sauce. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's like a weird thing to kind of, she's sexualized, right? Um, and then yet she has the lollipop, which is the sexual thing of, yes, it's in your mouth, blah, blah, blah. But also it's a very young thing and she's a victim, but also an antagonist. It's, I, thought, I wish the actress had been more skilled because I feel like that could have been an interesting role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
Uh, we, uh, yeah, uh, what was your right? Pop, there was Pop Boy 1, Pop Boy 2, and then she was Pop Girl, I think. Pop yeah, Girl, yeah. yeah, she didn't get a name. And um, Kathy's mother, who is very important to the plot, is uncredited because we never see her face or anything. Um, and I thought that was rather interesting. Very important to the plot, but uncredited, not seen. Yeah, I was trying to do the math. So, Pop Girl, she's my age. Um, so, I'm trying to think, what was I in, in 2009? Uh, uh, I honestly don't remember what I was at that age. I was 30 in 2010. So, no, I wasn't. <laughs> it's not right at all. I was 28. So, she was... Well, Sam was 67. So. Yeah, so she's 27 when she did this movie. 26, 27 when she did this movie. So, um, wow. But you're not wrong. They made her look a little younger. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely younger. Yeah. Okay. Uh, soy sauce. Hey, what was it that I injected myself with? Nine Dragon soy sauce. That's gross. There you go. And unhygienic. Yeah. So <laughs> probably really bad for you. Yeah, probably a little bad for you. You might want to go drink some water or something. That's a lot of sodium you just injected into your veins. Yeah, wouldn't that cause coagulation or clot? I mean, soy sauce is kind of this. I don't. Oh no. Yeah. Oh man. But it gives me the heebie-jeebies. But now I have forever. That's gross. I have that for forever now. <laughs> play that whenever nice. I want. That's gross. There we go. So. Just add that to the list of uh, of other random sounds that I have, like um, this, and uh, you know, Yo mama. There you go. So I got a bunch of them. I mean, I literally do have a bunch. I have uh, over two thousand from the podcast. So there you go. All right, that's, 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 that's here we go. Time for this. And now for some more bad news. Ready? A little trivia trivia. Uh, we've already mentioned some of it, um, but the gorilla style. But here's the great part about the gorilla style. This is this great story. So when Kira's walking down the street, right, all those are just people. None of them are actors. They're just people. And um, you know what? That might be another reason why they filmed it in Hong Kong, because they don't have copyright or they don't have... Um, like uh, privacy, laws? privacy laws, like we do here. So, like here, and, and if your face is on camera and you can be seen on camera, you uh, in certain states, not all states, but mm-hmm. in certain states, you have to have permission to show their face. They probably don't have that in China. So, when she gets dragged yeah. off the street, like to those passerbys, that was real. Two white guys just kidnapped this girl and no one stopped them. <laughs> like, it's kind of terrifying. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. super terrifying. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, in Greek mythology, Cassandra, Cassie, the Dakota Fanning girl, was given the gift of prophecy, but also cursed so that no one would believe her. In this movie, Cassie is able to see the future, but has a hard time convincing those around her. There you go. Uh, in the hotel scene, the script called for Nick to touch Kira's butt while they kissed. On set, Chris Evans refused to touch Belle without her permission. Belle ended up giving Evans permission, and the scene was filmed as scripted. Now, I, I have a, I, I do play this sometimes. Andrew, again, he's very aware of this one, though I never have it nearby. Why do I never have this? 
Uh, I'm going to call this... Uh... We ain't found shit! Okay. So, here's my problem with this piece of trivia, right? Yes, it, com- makes, it makes Chris Evans come across as a nice guy. What director comes up to him and says, Hey, while you're kissing Belle, just grab her ass. Like, that doesn't happen. You know, no act... I mean, just... wait a wasn't there just a huge thing at the end of Stranger Things because the director told the boy actor, kid actor, just kiss her and we'll get the natural response. And then he did and she wasn't prepared. Like, wasn't that a big thing that was in the news? I don't know. Am I, I didn't, remembering it wrong? No, I don't know. I mean, I, I do know that there are there are times when there's a kiss that happens on that that does that does happen on screen and it wasn't meant to happen. They just grab them and kiss them and and things like that. I know that that happens for some mm-hmm. reason. Yeah. There's a lot of directors who do stuff. Spontaneous people, or, stuff. Yeah, to get that natural reaction and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then you have to understand the power dynamic of whether or not, you know, even if the actor or the actress says, oh, yeah, <laughs> I was fine, but what else are they going to say, right? So, no, I, I mean... I guess it, it might have been in the script, and then Chris was like, "Hey, this is in the script, but blah blah blah." I mean, it might not have been somebody taking him aside and being like, "It's a, it's a secret goose." Yeah, you know, I mean, it could have if been it's a premeditated goose, if it's in the script, then I kind of feel like she should be aware that it's going to happen, and if she's uncomfortable with it, then she should say something, and then if yeah. and then you have the conversation, and yeah. and you like to kind of think that in scenes in movies where the kiss is spontaneous, that the actors have a relationship good enough that that ultimately they are kind of okay with what happened. Um, you'd like you, to think that. You'd like to think that. Now, I do know, <laughs> I will tell, the, I've told this story on the podcast, but Kayla, you've not listened to it, and I don't remember what episode I told it, but a, a, a good friend of mine um, heard this story from a guy that was on set, um, and, and that was the um, the set of The Exorcist. And there's a scene where the, um, was The Exorcist? Yeah, it was The Exorcist. And there's a scene where um, the 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 priests have to re it was the priest or the mom I think it was the mom has to react scared like the door opens and she has to be scared like scared by something so the director some directors will have code words that means to start recording without mm-hmm. letting the actors know that they're being recorded uh, sometimes they'll say hey we're just gonna roll on this rehearsal or sometimes they'll just use code words now a film camera is kind of hard to not know it's being you know run but. And I, on the couple of movies that I did, we did that a couple of times. The guy the director would just give me the, he would roll, you know, the little roll your finger. And then I would whisper into the microphone to the mixer, hey, we're rolling sound. And we would just do some scenes, kind of be natural. Well, in the, in the Exorcist, when they opened the door, the director was on the other side of the door behind camera with a gun and he fired the gun. And it was you know, blank, but he fired a gun and their reaction was genuine. They were scared. Because he just fired a gun at him, and and that was what was in the movie. So you're not wrong. Directors do some hinky stuff, and uh, yeah. so obviously you couldn't get away with that now. But gracious. one would hope not. One would hope not. Okay, that's our trivia. Um, before I get to our top three, I'm going to change up the script a little bit here because, well, I'm just going to do something a little bit different. This is where I'm going to insert a, a commercial, so to speak, and say thank you so much for you guys who listen. Please take your time now to leave us a review on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, 
wherever you're getting the show, please leave us a review. It's the best way to, to share the show, uh, to get the show out. Uh, leave a review for uh, Pages and Popcorn for Kalia's uh, podcast because it's really good. I've listened to a handful of episodes and they're a lot of fun. And I'm going to be on one in like yeah. June, I think. So we're, uh, we're aiming for a summer release. It's going to be a lot of fun. So do those things, please. Seriously, it'd be a lot of help. Um, all right, in the commercial. I've not done that before in the middle of the show. It feels weird. We'll see how it goes. If we start getting reviews because people are actually listening to this part of the show as opposed to the last five minutes where they just stop, then I'll know that it's working. Hey, Sean, if it feels weird, just just push through it. Push through it. Thank It'll you. be okay. Time for this. <laughs> Excuse me while I whip this out. Speaking of pushing through, top three psychics. Movies with psychics in them. Andrew. No, Andrew goes last because his lists are always better. <laughs> so, Kaylee, you're our guest. You get to go first if you want to. Okay. Okay, so, okay, I picked three, and they're not necessarily my top three, but they're three that I, I like a lot, and fine. they have reasons. So the first one that I picked was probably the first movie that I remember seeing as a child that had psychics in it, and it made quite an impression, and so I picked Escape from Which Mountain. Oh, yeah. My first choice. yeah. Mm -hmm. The first one, not the one with The Rock, but the original. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the original. Yeah. Um, I was like, whoa, because I think that was probably one of the first sci-fi things I saw as a kid. And I was like, this is <clears throat> cursed. Awesome. This is <laughs> awesome. Yes. Um, then the other one that I picked, and it kind of connects to this movie a little bit, but I really liked it. And I liked the book as well, is Men Who Stare at Goats. Oh, that's such a good movie. Yeah. yeah. I've but never I, read the book, I've but the, I love it. the movie. It is very different, but mm -hmm. it's, it's bizarre and fun. And yeah. uh, I happen to make a podcast where we talk about movies based on books. And that's on my list. I can't wait to talk about it nice. at some point down the road. But anyways, and then my my last one is also actually a movie based on, actually, this is a short story. And it's a good tie-in to you, Sean, because I picked Minority Report. Minority Report. Great. <laughs> and that's, that's what we are going to discuss together yeah. in June. So I'm, I liked Minority Report a lot. So I, I thought it was... It was pretty cool. Yeah, I know you kind of have a, a rule on your show where you like to read the book before you watch the movie for the review. Yes. I've probably watched that movie 10 times. So uh, we're, that's I mean, I watched the movie before I, I read the short story as well. But I, for me personally, to prep for the podcast, I always redo it in the correct, quote unquote, yeah, correct that's fair. order. That's so, fair. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go next. So I'm doing my... So I'm going to switch one out because you had Minority Report. So I'm going to switch one out. So Minority Report's now my honorable mention. My third one is now going to be X-Men 2, which I think is kind of the only good. You know what? I'm going to switch it. I'm changing my mind. Logan. Logan is the best of the X-Men movies, followed by X2, and then the rest are kind of trash. You can fight me on that. I don't really care. They're all kind of terrible. So now my new number two... <laughs> is Psych the Movie. I know he's not actually psychic, but he pretends to be, and everyone thinks he is, and I love it. And plus, how often do I get to bring up Psych? I'll allow it. Thank you. <laughs> um, you know, I'm trying to think. There's probably... I don't know. Would you consider, like, the... Vul well, would the Vulcan mind meld be considered a psychic ability? Because if so, then I could definitely use any of the Star Trek yeah. movies. Would that be a thing? Yeah, I would. I guess so. Because you're, you're well, mind reading. You mind just 
psychic ability. Yeah, you just have to touch them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, All right. In the original series, Spock felt people's minds and controlled their minds from outside of the room by touching the wall in mm-hmm. one of the early episodes. So well, that is straight up mind control. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, Deanna Troy is an empath. You know, that's yep. you know. So I so I, I always have to find a way to connect Star Trek. So there you go. So Star Trek is, is duly connected. And my number one. Serenity. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So hot girl McCotty. What's her name? River, not uh-huh. River Phoenix. River Tam. River Tam is her character yeah. name. Summer Glau is her real name. Yeah, she's a yeah. psychic mm-hmm. with Billy's. So there you go. All right, Andrew, thrill us with your awesome list as you often do. Well, it's not. I don't think it's quite as awesome. You always say um, that, and it's still always better. Well, I also had X Men, but I had Jean Grey listed. Just as the character. Of, uh, yeah, instead of Professor Xavier, uh, which, I mean, they're pretty much the same person in some aspects. Yeah, it's one, one can walk, one can't, one's a female, one can't, one's a phoenix, yeah. one's not. Yeah. E- equally hot, yep. Yeah, yep. well, yeah. Which, like, is, uh, is it James McAvoy or is it the Patrick Stewart one? Uh, Patrick Stewart, Okay. <laughs> I mean, I think he's hot, so <laughs> sure, I'm with you. Uh, number two, I have uh, Tangina in... Poltergeist, not poultry geist, but poltergeist. Oh, not poultry geist. Okay. Yeah. Uh, or Tangina. Maybe that's how you say it. I'm not sure. We'll stick with Tangina, though, because it sounds safer. And then, <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, number one, I have an old, well, I will say old. I guess it's older now, but uh, Mel Gibson was in a film called What Women Want. Oh, my God. Where he could, where he could tell what they wanted. And so that's my number one. Okay. Oh. With with Aunt May in it, that movie. Yeah, yeah. All right, there you go. That's your uh, thing. Time for this last little bit of business here. Um, Wait, what's supposed to happen? This is where we give the movie a score from zero to ten. Uh, Andrew, I'll let you go first. Uh, Kalia, feel free to use decimal points because after three hundred and something movies, we like to have decimal points to really kind of. <laughs> distinguish them. them yeah so what you got yeah. Andrew well like I said I, I don't think it was the best acting I, I didn't keep my attention um, although Dakota Fanning is much better now in uh, the show The Alienist if the you've Alienist. seen that yeah, yeah. Not, uh, it's a good one too uh, you should definitely watch it um, but based, based on a book yeah um, and, and uh, based off her performance in this one though and everything else I, I can't I think IMDB puts it a six something I, I don't think I can quite go that high. I'm going to say about a 5.7 okay. out of 10. So you liked it just a little bit better than The Last Dragon. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Kalia? Okay. I wanted to give it some kind of a 7, but since you said decimal points, I thought, well, let me think. When I was originally doing my research for this, and I wrote in PUSH, and I happened to have the caps lock on, I got the Purdue University Student Health Center, which is called PUSH, and their area code is 765, so I'm going to give this movie a 7.65. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) I don't think I've ever seen such a, a clever way to come up with the score. That's amazing. That's great. Oh, my gosh. 
I just really want to get invited back. That's uh, what's happening over here. I'm bringing my A game. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, yeah, definitely. We'll, we're going to book you for uh, for uh, April. Uh, let's see. Um, Seven point six five. Wow, that's a lot higher than I would have guessed. Either one of you, honestly, that feels like a number I would have given, because, well, I I I still like this movie. Is the thing. It's not great. It has problems. I still like this movie though. And if someone said, Hey, we're, we're, you know, if I get a different podcast said, Sean, Hey, come on, we're going to review push. I'd be like, sweet. I get to talk about it again. So I don't know. Um, would you watch it again? I would definitely. Oh gosh. Yeah. I would definitely See, watch there you this go. again. Then, yeah. yeah. Then it needs a higher score. Yeah. I would definitely watch this again. I might wait another 10 years and watch it again. And then, <laughs> and then go, wow, this is in the same year. Star Trek came out. That's weird. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to give it, let's see what happens if I do the math. Yeah. Seven point. I can't do that. 7.51, uh, exploding fish. So yeah, this is, this is a fine movie. It's, it's good. And I mean, Hmm. Well, hold on. I'm, I'm cheating now. I'm cheating. Okay. Hold on. I can't give it a side. 7.51, 7.11. Because I just looked back and realized that I give, I gave, Mar Rainey's Black Bottom of 7.5. And this is not nearly as good as that Glo- Golden Globe winner. Yeah. Um, so I got to give it a little bit lower than that. But that's fine. That's fine. See, I can cheat because I have the list in front of me. It's okay. So that gives us an average score of 6.82. That's a good good number, I think. 6.82. I mean, that's uh, that's fine, right? That puts it somewhere in the same range as Train to Busan. Or uh, Midsommar or Summer, however you pronounce it. I don't know. I think I would watch Midsommar again before I watch this one. You could not pay me to watch that movie again. (laughs) I'm serious. Somebody just over here add that to my to be watched list and uh, get back to you. Oh gosh, I I mean it's it's a well made movie. It it it. It's, it's not, so uncomfortable. Though. It's very uncomfortable. Wow. It's not a horror film. It's 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 no. kind of billed as a horror film. It's not like people it, slashing at each other. There is death, but it's if you just want to feel uncomfortable, like this <laughs> is the way to do it for like two hours and twenty <laughs> yeah. minutes. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it doesn't let up. I say at night, I'm like, what do you want to do tonight? You know, I want to feel uncomfortable for yeah. the next two hours. <laughs> if, Let's find something that fills that. Boy, this is yeah. this is not a spoiler. This is the closest thing I'm going to give you to that. There is the most non-sexual sex scene you will ever see in this movie. Mm-hmm. Wow, it's, it's it's uncomfortable. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> it's it's literally doing the opposite thing most sex scenes are supposed to do for you. It's like the opposite oh. of that. Yeah, arousal is not a thing when you watch that one. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the opposite of that is, that's what it's doing. Anyway. So it's um, like the cold shower of... Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. But like you feel like you need the shower afterwards anyway. <laughs> uh, no, but you should watch it and then listen to our review of it. There you go. Uh, yeah, for there's, sure. There's the plug. Uh, that's it. Gosh, that was so fun. Kaylee, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was a blast. And I am so glad that I stalked you on Facebook and, and found your podcast and, <laughs> and bugged you to come on. Yes, I had a good time. Thank you. This so very cool. So please tell us again, how do I get to your website and your Facebook and your all the things that I can find of your show? 
Great. Okay. So on Facebook and Twitter, it's Pages and Popcorn Podcast. And we are uh, we we are under the umbrella of the KMMA Media Podcast Network. So it's us and, a, and another podcast called Ghost Apology. So if you go to kmmamedia.com, you will find the link to Pages and Popcorn Podcast, where I and my co-host talk about movies based on books, as well as the original source material. And you'll also see Ghostropology, which is an archaeologist talking about ghosts and folklore. And coming in the next couple months, there will be another podcast that will be launching on that site. But I'm not allowed to talk about it yet. That's fair. Stay tuned. It's not us. And um, (laughs) It's not you. No, you're not joining me. Um, Also, just KaleaMetcalf.com. You can find all the same links to Pages and Popcorn, etc. And I write book reviews. I write a book review every week. And occasionally I write about other stuff. You read a um, book a week? Most, uh, well, I read more than a book a week because I write a book review every week and then I do the podcast where there's books and movies and I have to read in advance to that and then I'm in like two different book clubs and yeah, I like books. I'm a, I'm a book sniffer, man. That's oh, wow. hardcore over here. So that's where you can find me. It's amazing. Kalia, Metcalf and yeah, Pages and Popcorn Podcast. We're on Instagram and Twitter and all the places. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll and, link yeah, to I'll places. link in the show notes. <laughs> I'll link in the show notes. That's that's amazing. Cool, cool, cool. I'm still blown away by multiple books a week. Like when we <laughs> when you and I agreed a what a week ago that we we're going to be doing Minority Report in June. I was asking like, should I start reading it now? Because <laughs> I mean, like Andrew and I, I I don't not knowing your your personal situation. He and I both have forty hour a week jobs with ch- with two children. Right, like, like this podcast takes up seventy five percent of my free time during the week, not on a weekend. <laughs> yeah. So I do freelance audio editing, and I edit my podcast, and then I edit and produce the other podcast uh, on that network, and so that keeps me pretty busy. And I do other freelance consulting and computer work, and I do copy editing. So I'm on the computer and reading a lot, anyways. I that's my job, though. I'm freelance, so oh, that's, that's cool. what I do. And I have an eight year old as well. And uh, so I'm here with her. Okay. Solidarity with the eight-year-old. I too have an eight-year-old. So there we go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right on. Okay. <laughs> well, um, gosh, I need to end the show. Otherwise, we'll just keep talking and I'll keep recording and this will get super long and uncomfortable. <laughs> like uh, that movie I was just, we were just mentioning. Uh, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> this is not going to be close to that. I'm totally kidding. All right. That's it. That's the show. Again, our stuff is Cheap Seat Reviews. Um, here's the funny thing. So I stopped paying for CheapSeatReviews.com. It's still a thing. You can still go there and and see, you know, pictures of us and the artwork that Sam has done, whatever. But, like, I have an it's update. Kinda like the, it's kind of like those buildings that used to be Walmart. You can still go. Like, this, the, the building's still there. Yeah. It, you know that it was a Walmart. Yeah. But yeah, you yeah, can go to our website, fine. but you can only listen to episodes, like, 50 through 350. 10 you know i just yeah yes i discovered that because <laughs> after you contacted me on facebook i was like google google and i was like this is weird what where huh yeah i was confused for yeah a I, it looked like he'd like stopped and started again yeah well basically i mean I'll, we'll talk off air so anyway um facebook.com okay. <laughs> slash cheap seat reviews at cheap seat cast is twitter cheap seat reviews at gmail.com is that we're also on instagram where i'm actually posting things now for the first time like legit, I'm actually posting stuff like once every episode or something like that. It's actually kind of amazing. Social media is so weird. I I've only really recently discovered Twitter for the podcast. Like truly, 
actually using it. Um, it's taken up so much. Like all of my lunch break is now doing this instead of watching fun TV shows like I used to do during my lunch break. So anyway, he's working on a TikTok for us. You know, I haven't actually opened <laughs> totally up kidding. TikTok in a while. Um, I I thought about it. It seems terrifying. I'm, I think I'm. It, it is. It's a scary, scary place. Anyway, we're old. We're old. We can't do that. No. Yeah. There's people that are older on that. Anyway, this is it. I got in the show. Thank you so much for listening. So on behalf of Andrew and Kalia, this is Sean saying thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Oh, next week, by the way. Gosh, next week, Gross Point Blank. We're doing Gross Point Blank next week. This is Cheap Seat Reviews.